You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Girlix Nights, the Girlix Podcast live show. I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jesse. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to Doppelgrawlix. Doppelgrawlix. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hey, so we're a little late. (laughs) You know, (laughs) given like we're always late when when I'm like, so we're a little late. You know, we're real late. (laughs) But it's for good reason. It's because Randall is a wonderful son that's true Um, yeah and he yes yes we'll just leave it with that (laughs) uh so here's what's on the agenda uh we're gonna do monster of the week still rolling just a little savannah asked just a little (laughs) i mean we're only 10 minutes only 10 minutes minutes. later than our latest the latest (laughs) than our normal late uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Monster of the week. We're gonna we're doing that. It's October. Um, and the monster this week is doppelgangers, evil twins, clones, pod people, pod people, pod people, podcast people, podcast people. <laughs> I almost I almost wanted to go. They live, but then again, I I rem- you know like we've talked about they live at least on the uh, GCU. No, not no. We haven't on GCU, have we? We've talked about it somewhere. I think we talked about it here. We might have talked oh. about it here. Yeah. Hey, Paul. By the way, hi. No problem. We'll, I mean, we'll you'll hear us in the future. He said he'll catch the replay he slam this week. Okay, but as many years as we've been doing this, I can't imagine we haven't talked about it at some point. Really, right? It's amazing. It's, they live. Yeah, it's Roddy Piper in a John saying, Carpenter movie. Right, right, Piper. And Keith David. It's amazing. It's got yeah. like a 15 minute long fist fight. It's so good. It just that scene just goes forever. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my god, yeah. It's like excess. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still friends at the end. And you know, it's Carpenter at his most like political, which I uh, enjoy. I don't know what his politics are like now, but I, I I think I would have enjoyed a younger Carpenter politics. Speaking of politics, you know what's happening right now? We are back to back to back with a town hall. That's oh, happening really? like like literally right now. Oh, well. not to get political. Huge if true. <laughs> yeah, but well, our listeners. Actually, some of our listeners, they no, they the ones I know of anyway, they do pay, pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not Savannah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> OMFG, the stupid town halls. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's a weird decision. You, like, create a ratings war in the middle of an election? That's, that's dumb. That's, a, I mean, it's a, it's a Trump re-election period i mean it's the most it's the most 2020 election thing possible but completely on brand (laughs) so bizarre yeah this is the world we live in 
reality is a TV show now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to sing at you. <laughs> no, I know, Savannah, you pay attention. You'll catch the replays. You'll catch the important parts later. Kind of how I do most times. Uh, and then uh, we got some, it looks like we got some news. I didn't collect it this time. <laughs> I was running. I'm the reason we're late tonight. I was running way behind. Um, so, yeah, it looks like Jesse got us some good news. And, or, you know, news. It's news. I don't know if it's good news yeah. or not. And uh, mm. we got a ridiculous trailer, which is, you know, that it's so I want to start talking about it just because like <laughs> the trailer, it's so banking on this one actor that we seem to like to talk about. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's going to be the cherry on top, ladies and gentlemen. So what have you guys have you guys been watching anything? Anything interesting? <sighs> interesting that's a difficult okay have you been watching anything <laughs> i was looking for a, a evil twin doppelganger type of a movie and i'm lazy so i'm like i'm gonna have to look at netflix but you can't just search stuff like that on netflix so i just went through it i'm like this looks like it might have a doppelganger in it and they just watched like four extra crap movies just because maybe they had them in there but they didn't what'd you watch anything you want to you want to know already what I watched? Oh no! Oh, no. I mean the the, I the, the rejects. Mm -hmm. I watched in the tall grass, which I actually had been interested in about because it it looks like Children of the Corn to me, um, but it's not great. Yeah. Uh, no, not it's really not. Um, and then I watched, Jesus, what's it called? It's got Topher Grace in it. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Spider Man Three. No, it was like I don't know. Diverging, yes. no, not diverging. That's a thing. I don't know. Fractured something, some mental delirium. That's what it's called, delirium. I just saw him in something too. That's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was—he was actually not that bad. He wasn't great though, but he was the best thing about it. Which, if that tells you anything, it was not that great of a movie. <laughs> um, uh, not that I, I have like a, a strong hate for him. I, I just, I think he might not be a really nice person in her life and it, and it shows through mm. <laughs> in my opinion um and then what else did i watch something else i can't remember and then the one thing that i actually am going to talk about because i gave up hope and went with total crap <laughs> <laughs> kind of how i did uh, one thing that um also uh jesse could you turn your headphones down just a tad all I'm right, sorry, but I can't man. hear you guys. I won't be able to hear you guys because I'm a deaf person who's old. You're, okay, yeah, I was going to say either you're deaf or your microphone's too good or maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, it's all that. It's all that. It's all I'm that sorry. and a bag of chips. It's all, it's his headphones are too strong and his microphone is too great and all of his equipment is just the best. That's the problem. It's, I mean, yeah. many people have said. That's, <laughs> the, you know, that's why I hear. That's what people say. <laughs> huge huge some would say they're perfect headphones and they're perfect it's a perfect microphone it's such a healthy headphone <laughs> there's there's you that you know there's never been headphones as strong as this before it's yeah. really incredible that's what they say <laughs> it might be it might be illegal it might be immoral but it's incredible <laughs> so did you guys watch any, you guys watch anything 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Melanie and I have been watching things. I like that my Melanie and I watching is separate this week. Of you know, Melanie's like I've been watching this, and I was like, well, I've been watching this with Melanie. Um, the, the Haunting of Bly Manor is on Netflix. The basically the kind of sequel series, but it, they they're going anthology style sequel series to Haunting of Hill House. And uh, we haven't watched the whole thing. And I'm sure once we blow through the rest of it, we'll have more to say about it. But I'm enjoying it so far. It's different. It's definitely different. It feels smaller scale because it's a smaller cast at this point than the first season. Um, And I was kind of like, Mike Flanagan, this guy, how? How does he do so much stuff? He's like, we talk about him all the time because he's always got some, like, he's always connected to some stuff. It's almost, it's not quite you know, uh, Taika territory. Um, but we seem to come talked about him a lot. You know, he, he, what was it? Dr. Sleep and some other stuff. And he had written and directed the entire first season of, of the haunting of Hill house. Um, so I was like, how does he do it? The whole nother series, a whole nother season. Um, but he did not write and direct the entire thing this time. I was like, okay, okay. I get it. You get at a certain point, man. Like, mm-hmm. how do you fit it all in? But we were also discussing how did, how he manages to whip out so many Stephen King movies so quick, and and I'm like, I think he's just been such a fan, probably that he just already has like a screen, uh, you oh, know, yeah. script or whatever, like written up and stored stored away for you know years. That's true. <laughs> he's probably got all <laughs> all the like made Stephen King books already adapted, just waiting. Plotting, biding his time. Well, we probably talked about it last week. The boys, the boys. I think season two is over, which seems like it was a short season, but I loved it. That's it. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? I I feel like it ended uncomfortably for everyone, which is okay. I guess that's appropriate for the show, like the boys. That that is appropriate because the first the first season ended uncomfortably, and like what? That's how you're gonna end it. And then, yeah, that's that's how they ended. I will say the end of season two feels like the end of a season because I did not realize it was the end of the season until like we watched the episode. And I was like, this must be the season finale, huh? Yeah. It, it feels like the end of a season. Um, yeah, but I, I enjoyed season two. It seems like it was real brief, though. Uh, how about you, Jesse? I need to share this. Nobody's watching except for. The oh best, yeah the best fans <laughs> the best fans i i don't call them fans the best listeners mm-hmm. okay so yeah i actually watched a ton i was like what if what did i what did i watch because i like i did the news and, and stuff and i was like the one thing i didn't like prepare myself for is what did i watch but i actually watched fair clip and some of it is is terrible um mm-hmm. in terms of you should never watch this stuff during a pandemic or during an election season or that kind of thing, you know, like <laughs> stuff that's real, you know? So like, I don't know what in the world possessed me, but I thought, you know what? I'm really feeling like the walking dead and I can't find, you know, like the last season of the walking dead or, or I could find it, but it would take a few steps and it might, it might be illegal. It might be immoral. It would be incredible. Um, but I couldn't find it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to crack into Fear the Walking Dead. And uh the, so I watched like the first two episodes of the first three episodes and I was like, "Holy cow, this is the pandemic." Mm. 
I mean, like, you know, they even have like kids in masks and stuff. And I was like, why am I watching this? So I stopped. But yeah, uh, so I, I watched a little bit of that. Um, it's interesting because it's similar, but it, it it's also not. And I, I wonder if as time goes on, the series becomes more like The Walking Dead or if it always kind of holds that slightly differentness. Do they share showrunners or are they just produced by the same people? Uh, we had watched, was it the first season um, of Fear the Walking I Dead? Think so, yeah. And I, we're so like, we haven't watched The Walking Dead at all for got years now. Yeah. Um, Ever since I got rid of Glenn. <laughs> Actually, we did pass. We went a little past that, but. Right. And it, it wasn't a deal of because I know the show lost a lot of people around that time period. It wasn't a deal of like I wasn't enjoying it. We just kind of fell off, and then I guess maybe it lost a little bit of its hook. Um, yeah. Like it lost like three different showrunners too. <laughs> like it traded hands so ridiculously that it's like there was a point there was like why am I still watching this? But I I, I think I'm sorry I'm taking it off topic. But I think Fear the Walking Dead does. I don't do they combine or meet up or something at some yeah, they point? They do eventually. They do eventually because they even share a character at one point. But um at this point it's like they're indistinguishable. Even in the early days of The Walking Dead, which I don't know if maybe they were trying to go with that flavor, but this it just felt like a different show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say I I remember being really excited for it. I don't think we really got we should probably go back to that too. But I remember being excited for it because I was like, they're, they're doing something like completely different. And, and that's an area that I was really curious about in the walk in the world of the walking dead. Right. Um, with the way that the zombies like deteriorate and stuff and like water and how just a whole bunch of stuff. So I, I'd like to watch more of it actually and see where it goes. When you get a little bit of the onset of the virus, as opposed to Rick waking up and it's the apocalypse. Yeah, the classic Walking Dead 28 Days Later uh, intro to it. So I watched that, just a little bit of it, just to get a taste of it, and then realized, what am I doing? This is Color of Space all over again. Um, (laughs) So... um, so I watched that, and then I thought, oh, what what should I follow that up with? What should I wash that down with? I watched that movie uh, that uh, John Stewart put together. Steve, Steve Carell's the the main character in it, called Irresistible, where they basically find uh, Chris Cooper in the middle of like Wisconsin, and uh, basically the republic, the the major you know the major parties get involved in this rinky dink little mayoral election okay and uh yeah and so like that's what it's all about but there is a fun twist that is also a little bit like oh dumb but at the same time like interesting because um so i can't give it away because it's like that ruins the whole movie if i give it away um but john stewart he asked lots of political like people people in the realm like could this happen and they're like yeah i'm surprised it hasn't like that kind of thing And so it was an interesting movie. It was a dumb, entertaining little movie that also felt a little too real at the same time. Right. Like, yeah, I suppose this could happen. I could see this happening. Um, It it felt like it took place in a place like, like 
Hooper, Nebraska, but maybe a little bit like a little more robust than that. Mm. Maybe closer to like Fremont, but not quite, not quite like Fremont. Like Fremont, if Fremont lost Hormel or the chicken plant or something like that. Right. So I'm not from Fremont, so I don't know what that means, but I'm going to guess it's bad. I mean, just like a lot of Nebraska, a lot of Nebraska towns that aren't like major metropolitan areas are kind of just their, their industrial, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're dependent on it. They're dependent on that industry. So like in Fremont, it'd be Hormel or oil gear or, uh, in, in Valley, it would be Valmont, you know, like these big corporations that are industry based tend to prop up the community and the economy for that. Basically boosts, boosts a town to a size that would otherwise just boost a town that would otherwise just be a village that we've got a lot of little towns in like very small towns in Nebraska and and then a few larger towns because they have, you know, yeah, some type of industry that attracts people. And then we've got Omaha and Lincoln, like the two cities. I was going to say, Nebraska. you said anything that's not a big city. And I'm like, so everything besides Omaha and Lincoln was my first thought. Basically. (laughs) That's weird because I always imagined that most of Nebraska relied on like farming and, uh, raising cattle, which I guess is still farming. But it's kind of hand in hand now, you know, like places like Fremont become like a hub center for farming communities, but also that happens to be where the industry is too. Like we used to have a lot of little hub communities, like Hooper would be considered a hub community, but it's so much smaller now because you can do the same things in these bigger locations. So just for people listening, because I know like Nebraska, this is worse than when like podcasts and shows like people from uh, L.A. do. They're like, oh, I got on the 490 or whatever it is, the I whatever, you know, all that traffic, you know, very inside baseball. This is worse because no one knows anything about Nebraska because it's Nebraska. But just for people's reference, in 2018, the population of Fremont was twenty six thousand five hundred people. So that's what we're talking about. So we're talking about something between that and smaller. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But when but, the, go, ahead. go ahead. The population of Nebraska is under 2 million and the population of Omaha is over half a million. So if that tells you anything about the, how it's Well, we consider out. big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, bringing it back to Fremont, interestingly enough, like the whole thing uh, about this movie, Irresistible, st- starring Steve Carell, back to that. Um, like the whole crux of it is like this viral video that involves Chris Cooper's character. And, uh, and it's essentially like, what if somebody stood up to the racist ordinance that happened in Fremont, Nebraska, that put us on the national news. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like straight out of that, you know, like, interesting. It's mm-hmm. like this YouTube clip goes viral. That's what puts the, the, you know, that's what puts them on, uh, Steve Carell's radar, and then he's like, "We could, we could do something." He's he's the Democratic Party's next big star. He just doesn't know it yet. That whole thing, uh-huh. and so that's the whole crux of it. It is just a popcorn movie. Um, it has a little bit of a moral, but it's heavy-handed and it's kind of hammy. I mean, it's got mm-hmm. Steve Carell as the lead, so you kind of know what you're get. You know, you're going to get like a political humor when you've got Steve Carell and John Stewart at the head of it. So. Yeah. It was all right. Um, as far as like better stuff that I watched, 
I watched Brigsby Bear and Mother to Earth. Mother to Earth is a documentary about uh, Earthbound, that old oh. school Nintendo oh, wow. game. Okay. Well, actually, okay. Uh, it, it was released as um, the sequel was was released on Super Nintendo, but Earthbound was supposed to go to the original NES and just never was released. Like they they even translated it. They had they had it ready to go, and then it didn't wind up there. Until just a couple of years ago, it landed on, I think it was the Wii Virtual uh, Console. Virtual Console, yeah. Yeah. And so okay. it's a whole documentary about just that first game and like what that what the crud happened. And, uh, you know, how did it get leaked to the emulator sites and all that stuff? So pretty nerdy. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because they like they interviewed like the people that made the music and they're actually like big rock stars in Japan kind of thing. And. And uh, they talked about their process and how it was different because there was like essentially only X number of sounds that you could actually make, mm-hmm. even though they were used to making real music or real music, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, I, yeah, definitely super nerdy. And actually, I've never played the like uh, Earthbound or um, what was it, Mother? What was it? Well, the, it's basically they're all called Mother in Japan. It's Mother, Mother. One, Two, and Three. But in uh, in America, they changed it to be Earthbound as yeah. opposed to Mother Earth. Um, and so it's Earthbound, or they used to call it Earthbound Zero for the one that was supposed to come out. Earthbound for the one that we actually got, and we've never gotten uh, Mother 3, except as like a fan translation on emulator sites. But that like still, that's definitely right up my alley, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, super fun. And Brigsby Bear is crazy. Like, I don't even have time to get into that one. It's uh, okay. So, well, I do, but I don't. I'm not going to get too into this one. Yeah. Uh, This was a recommendation from Ben Kruger. It's super, super awesome and so super crazy. You should check out the trailer for this. But, but the trailer is cagey. Like, it doesn't even give you the full premise. I'll give you a little more of the premise without spoiling. This kid. That we learn that we meet at the beginning of this movie has essentially was essentially abducted as a child by Mark Hamill okay. and and Mark Hamill's fictional wife. You know, like in this is Mark Hamill's character and his wife abduct this baby as a mm-hmm. baby, and they mm-hmm. live in like a biodome, mm-hmm. and they raise this kid in this biodome, leading him to believe that like the world is like toxic and whatnot outside. Um, so every day, like Mark Hamill leaves the biodome with a, with a gas mask on and whatnot. And they like raise this kid and they, they, he's got his own like TV show that he loves. It's called Brigsby bear. That's all a construct. Everything about this kid's world was a construct of these two abductors, this whole life that he's ever known. So he, he gets, he, he gets out is the whole thing. Like they find you like the police find them. And, uh, they bring him back to his biological parents, but all he's ever known is this Brigsby bear and the rest of the world doesn't know about it because Mark Hamill created the show. Mm-hmm. And so he's yeah. like talking about the show. He's like super nerding out about the show that nobody knows about. And so like, that's the whole thing about the movie is he like, he wants to keep making the show and he wants mm-hmm. the rest of the world to experience the show so that he can make friends, I guess. Is super Weird. crazy and awesome at the same time. Yeah, okay. you had 
you had me at this kid is kidnapped by Mark Hamill. I was like, yeah, I'm watching it. <laughs> I figured, I figured that was a pretty good pitch. Yeah. I would recommend it. It's not like the greatest movie ever, but it is cool. It was good. It was good. It was entertaining and weird, super weird. All in my wheelhouse is yep. an animatronic bear head. That's oh. like a puppet. That's dang near a puppet right there. Yeah, pretty I much. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't trust animatronics. They kind of scare me. I've seen animatronics without their faces on, and they're basically just to their big terminators. Yeah. So <laughs> they are. That's true. Yeah, I know. They're creepy. So I don't. I don't trust them. I'd rather. I'd rather somebody with a, a hand up their butt than a terminator in a furry suit. <laughs> Terminator furry, the furry mm-hmm. Terminator. That's what animatronics are, man. A Furminator. <laughs> Furminator. Oh my god! <laughs> Episode title: Furminator. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. Um. All right. Should we move on to? Yes. Yeah. Doppelgangers, body mm. snatchers, evil twins. Yep. Odd people. I almost regret not rewatching something good, but. But I'm trying. I'm trying to try new things, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. So, who wants to start? I I'll start. Okay. I watched for my Evil Doubles movie, Twin Sanity. Twin Twin Sanity. Sanity. (laughs) Oh my God! No, but this sounds incredible. (laughs) Right. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So it's okay. the The premise is there's there. It's a set of twins. So they're you know that they're twins from the beginning, but um they have a they run a yoga studio together, God. and they like invest all their money in in into it, and then their mom passes away, and they go home to you know go to the funeral and grieve or whatever, and while they're there in their hometown, one of the twins feel the, the, the less aggressive of the two decides she wants to go off and find herself and goes off to do that at, at a, a retreat somewhere where she's, you know, doing yoga and taking ayahuasca and dancing in the moonlight, all those tips, things. <laughs> and meanwhile, her more aggressive sister is, has gone back to LA is freaking out. Cause she can't find her sister. Uh, she was planning on using the money their mom left them for their business, but the other twin took her half of the money out. So now their business is ruined and she's goes broke. And then she goes a little crazy and goes after goes looking for her sister. And the movie tries to play this, right? Like the, yo, the, the retreat sister is the good sweet one. But in my opinion, when you go running off with money that you knew your sister was planning on using for your joint business without telling her about it, that's not, that doesn't make you the good guy in my opinion. So right off the bat, I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really like, I mean, this twin is not the good twin. Neither of them really was the good twin. I don't think, but some people die and, uh, and then, uh, it goes a little in. Yeah. Twin, twin sane. <laughs> go to insane. So, so, but it's so interesting. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, interestingly, um, yeah, Netflix has this listed as Twin Sanity. It's called Twin Sanity. 
Uh, if you search for it, like on, it'll pop up on, uh, like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. But it's also under the title of Downward Twin, mm-hmm. which is odd. Netflix I like has it as Twin Sanity. I like that. I like that cover better, but um, I think the other is a better. It, like describes it better. Movie. So okay, you mentioned like uh, some woo woo stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you think Downward Twin is like a poke at oh, like yoga or something? Yes, Downward dog. Yeah, it is. That's bad. I mean, both titles are pretty bad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the thing that that I think that annoyed me the most, besides the mediocre acting and and the stupid plot, was that they kept use trying to use like mindfulness and these things to explain. You know, you need to find yourself before you can you know, be with a, you know, a group or another person or whatever, and try basically trying to use it and to justify the one twins leaving. And I'm not saying maybe she shouldn't have left if she wasn't happy with the situation, but I really don't, I, I thought it was, if anything, she caused her sister to go freaking crazy. And, uh, and the whole thing's her fault. Just be be straight with her about it. She's your freaking twin. I, I'm. If you can't talk to your twin, then then go get therapy. Don't like run off and tank your business. You know. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a crap movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> Although right. I I was impressed that they had actual twins as the two actresses. Oh. Was it actually? Yes, no, it I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you can tell that they're not the same person, but they do look extremely similar. One's a little chubbier, which is funny. The only funny part in the movie to me was one of them was like, I want pizza. And the other sister's like, you're not getting pizza. I'd have to roll you home. I'll cut up some pineapple. And I'm like, but you're the fat one. How are you going to talk crap on her when you're the chubby one? But anyway. <laughs> That's why you talk extra crap then. Yeah, I guess. Um. How was okay? No, we don't have to get further into it. I like the idea. So, you know, in my job, in my day job, I edit so many podcasts that talk about mindfulness and stuff mm-hmm. and all of that, like so much. I hear mm-hmm. about it every day. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the idea of like a horror or thriller with, mm-hmm. that plays on those themes, but I don't know. It sounds like it, this doesn't necessarily do it well here. It doesn't. Um, the only, the only part that, I kind of dug was that I, like I mentioned earlier, they did ayahuasca and that's the the time when her, the twin appears. And um, so we're not sure if she's just tripping out or if anything's actually happening. That was a little fun. But other than that, it was not, it was not very good. Mindful people love their ayahuasca, man. (laughs) (laughs) New age (laughs) spiritual people, I guess. Um, Um, we both um at the same time? No, I was going, oh. oh. I, I was just satisfied with myself. Okay. Who, uh, who, Jesse, do you want to go next or should I go next? Uh, I, I can, I'm game either way. Um, That's not a decision at all. <laughs> okay. I'll go. I'll make it a call. Okay. So, like Melanie, there's so many. I should have just watched a good movie <laughs> because. Really, like when I was thinking about it, because you know, I, we'd searched up do, like doppelganger movies, and you get a whole list. It's like, oh yeah, there's some good ones. Melanie had 
was contemplating Vertigo, which popped up in a lot of lists, which I didn't even think about. But hmm. yeah, there's definitely a doppelganger theme along those lines. If we want to go more horror, I was like, I could just watch Lost, rewatch Lost Highway again. That's all about doppelganger. And it would give me an excuse to talk about David Lynch on the podcast. But I didn't know if I really I've seen Lost Highway a lot. I don't I didn't really want to watch it again. But, you know, or you could jump into like uh, uh, pod people invasion of the body snatchers territory mm-hmm. with it, any of the several three, what, three, maybe four remakes of invasion of the body snatchers. Oh, God, yeah. Point. Um, oh, and I, was, I like those ones. I should have done one like that. You love them. I do love those ones. Those guys. You made me watch the was it the nineties one? I think it was the nineties one. Mm-hmm, it was the one from ninety three. Four t- there there are four of those that have been made. Uh-huh. Four it's the movie's been made four times. I've never watched the last that's I should have watched the last one um from two thousand seven, called, just called Invasion for whatever reason, with uh what's her name? I don't know. She was an eyes wide shut. Nicole Kidman. Yes. Nicole Kidman, I believe. I'll, I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure she was in Invasion. But I never heard good things about it, so I never watched it. Is that the one where her daughter goes missing? Or no, wait. No, because that's the lady that has the ugly crying. But she's a redhead, too. <laughs> yeah, I know Julianne Moore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, too. Yeah. <laughs> the ugly it's crying. Julianne or Juliet, something like that. It's it's Julianne, Julianne Moore. Um, no, the invasion, yeah, 2007 with Nicole Kidman um, and Daniel Craig. Interesting. Well, I don't, I don't recall hearing good things, but I almost should have watched that. Or the thing, the thing was an option. I, I thought about that too. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, or I could just, you know, watch an asylum movie. So talk about doppelgangers. I watched Invasion of the Pod People from 2007. I wonder why they put out an Invasion of the Pod People movie in 2007 when the Invasion came out. Mm. I don't know if I've ever watched an Asylum movie before, to be honest. So part of it, I was like, it's got Pod People in the title. I got to watch it. And I didn't realize it was an Asylum movie until I started it. And then I was like, you know what? Nope, let's do it. I'm in it. It's like 125 minutes or something like it was. Wait, was it? That's long. No, it was like an hour and 25 minutes. It was very short. Um, so I hold on. I got to pull this up. I honestly don't have. Oh. While you're doing that, what what is an asylum movie? Because I'm not familiar. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you brought it up. So asylum produces movies. They, they pump out ultra cheap, ultra cheap. My main complaint, though, lazy, bad movies that are just clones or just ripoffs just close enough not to get sued to whatever big blockbuster movies are hitting video at the time. Uh, So like this, Invasion of the Pod People came out the same year as Invasion. Let's see. Hold on. Let me pull up a list of. So you so you kind of get an idea. Atlantic Rim they came out with around the oh same time God. as Pacific Rim. Oh. And they're not even trying to be coy. They're just like... Oh, no. There's no cleverness yeah. to it. Transmorphers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Transmorphers in 2007. I'm guessing Transformers came out that year. Uh, 
Tri Triassic Triassic World in 2018. Why? Oh <laughs> Why? Sunday School Musical. This is this is like a company made by the kid who was always like, "Let me look at your paper. Come on, let me look at your paper." <gasps> Snakes on a train. Oh, oh my god! Are you kidding That's me? Like, how are you going to make a copy of a arguably crap movie? So, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is is fantastic in anything that he does because he's Samuel L. Jackson, but. Well, I mean, it's snakes on a it's snakes on a plane, right? Like that's not yeah, that's not exactly. It's got Samuel. It's not yeah. exactly a good movie, right. and they no. they they don't care. They also Sharknado, so they make their money off of doing intentionally misleading movie movies that look like big blockbuster movies that somebody might pick up off the uh, rental shelf. Or that's not really relevant anymore, I guess. But still, and accidentally click on in in the list and intentionally cheap cheesy sharknado literally sharknado and other movies like that that they can just then sell to sci-fi like that's their whole mm -hmm. thing and i get that I, I i watched a thing about them not long ago and i get that, that that's their business model like the movies are bad but and apparently they've tried to make good movies and like just didn't make their money back on it so they're just like why like it, it's a business thing like mm -hmm. cheap pump it out doesn't matter it could be crap but we know we're going to get this much money back on the investment. Did they do eight-legged freaks or something like that? Like right when the, like when the spider craze happened, or no? I don't think that was them. I feel like that was a bit more. I could be wrong. Intentional. <laughs> no, I mean they actually had uh, what David Arquette and mm -hmm. people yeah, who had but... actually been in things. So no, that was a bigger. That actually, yeah, had several names. That was a bigger production. I mean, it was it. It was an intentionally like campy, I believe, mm -hmm. but it wasn't badly produced. Yeah. Um, or yeah, poorly produced, watched. I suppose. Poorly. So it's I've interesting never... that Asylum makes doppelganger movies, right? I was thinking about that. I watched doppelganger version of a. I watched a doppelganger version version of a movie that came out that was the fourth generation clone of the original story. Yeah, I'm I'm thirteen doppelganger la layers deep. I'm in it. I'm too far in it at this point. I had to watch this. <laughs> you're, you're in Will the top or the doppelganger of the top stop spinning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, will it matter because we don't know which one's real? So here's here's the. Invasion of the pod people. I I I knew it was gonna be bad once I started it. I knew it was gonna be bad going into it, to be honest. But I was like, well, it'll give me something to talk about. Uh here's a brief overview. Uh according to the movie db.org, after a meteor sh shower in California, Melissa feels that her co-workers and her boss, Samantha, that work in the agency owned by Vicland, are acting differently. Agency owned by Vicland, what is that? have anything what does that mean are acting differently after receiving a weird plant she shares her fears with her colleague billy and the detective and with detective alexander that are the only persons that she can trust that's that's what happens they're like they work in a modeling a they're okay the story doesn't matter they give people these weird plants that look like strange i mean the plants are gross looking they're they're like a root or something or a, a, like a like a tuber type plant thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then it pricks their finger and eventually somewhere you see some gestation of a person or something and you never it's always close-ups like there's no consistency with okay okay it doesn't matter there's supposed to be it's supposed to be a model agency but that's i think just because they're like who can we find that'll take their tops off (laughs) yeah there's like well they don't exactly look like models you know what i'm saying like they might model for people in a yeah. club at night, maybe, but they don't look like <laughs> model models. Um, they were like supermodels. Most of the acting was terrible. There was a couple ladies in here that actually had pretty decent acting. Uh, I noticed here is on this cover. It says unrated version. I watched this on 2B TV for free. Thank God. Um, and it said it was rated TV 14. There were boobs all up in that. And that's one thing I was surprised about because I was like, well, as I get it, probably be pretty clean you know if it's asylum they eventually sell this stuff to sci-fi or something no there were boobs all up in it uh which i think was a bigger motivating factor behind (laughs) like i don't know those scenes look like there was a little bit more effort in it than the rest of the movie it's like uh uh-huh uh-huh i see where the priorities are well with me it's tv 14 how do you draw on a tv uh, 14 year old stuff boobs you know yeah but tv 14 yeah but you don't put a show with a bunch of boobs on it it, b- bunch of boobs on it, bunch of boobs in it. You know, nudity is what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. sexual th- themes or whatever. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be TV 14 if they broadcast it on air. That'd be a rated TV. Wait, what MA is? At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, whatever the yeah mature rating is. Um, there... I don't know. I don't. I mean, you know, even if it's like not. Not like much boob, just some boob. If you make a TV 14, don't watch it. Oh, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> debating that, uh, you know, boobs won't attract 14 year old uh, males to watch this thing. <laughs> they absolutely do and will. Yeah. Uh, so, my, my, my big problem, like, I knew it was going to be good, I, I knew it was going to be cheap. I'm, I was surprised at some how cheap some of it was. Like, it's the audio, the audio is like kind of a dead give other than the look of it, of course, and the acting and everything. The sets were terrible. The audio was surprisingly bad and I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> there are scenes where it's like, what? I, I can't hear them because the street sound or the generator sound or the air conditioner sound in whatever scene it happens to be is so loud. It's drowning them out. And then over top of that, it's almost like they're like, well, we don't know how to fix it put some music on it and over top of that is some like atmospheric music and it's like what i can't why would you even do this why would you add the music <laughs> it would be it would have been better if they like of course this would have taken effort and that's not the point they just need to pump some crap out but it would have been better if they'd overdubbed it and it just come across as goofy overdub and it does like the classic bad like super cheap bad audio thing of like when there's when it's a shot of one character, you hear the AC or whatever it is super loud, and then it cuts to the other other character. Oh no! Character starts talking. That completely no drops AC. out. It is a different yeah. room sound. Yeah. It's like oh my god! Like just either commit to it. Just like whatever. I'm an audio guy. I but still, mm-hmm. it's that they couldn't take the time to make that better is a perfect example of why I was willing to give Asylum a chance. I was like, oh, I get it. Like they just pump these out. That's their business model. But you know, maybe, maybe there's some effort. Maybe there's some love. 
put into it. And that's such a perfect example of like, no, they don't care. They don't care. The the sets are lazy. <laughs> At one point, so like this whole like pod person thing, other than the fact that it's just happening, how the main character becomes aware of it is randomly some dude we've never seen before breaks into her house at gunpoint it holds her at gunpoint and starts ranting to her about like they're pod people basically like give just a random exposition drop on this lady about what's happening mm. there's pod people taking people over they're copying people and killing them mm. and replacing them which is weird how does he know she's not one but whatever and then he and this is in her living room and then he takes the gun and shoots himself in the face, in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then we cut away from that to um, what I'm assuming is the next day because now it's daytime and she's just driving down the street. I'm like, yeah. what about the dude who just blew his brains out all over your living room? You're okay. not going to follow that? Like, that is that whole s- s- pr- concept, like, that's how you're going to introduce, like, the concept of the movie to the main character is so lazy. But mm-hmm. then, like, it created a potentially interesting or traumatic s- scenario not even a deal with it. Never deal with it. Maybe that's how the detective <laughs> comes into it. I don't know. But it's just like, as far as I know, she either, the body's still laying in their living room rotting, or she depo- disposed of it. And she's like, well, nobody needs to know about this. Um, yeah. it's, I came in and I said, throw a blanket over it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and again, like that's, it's so lazy. During that scene, I was almost like, you know how people are like, with animals they're like oh they they want to be people or i used to say it about kids like they're like a little person (laughs) i was watching the movie and i was like oh it wants to be a movie yeah like a little movie because it's 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 almost like a real movie (laughs) it made me well and then he shot himself in the scene it went to a new scene and ignored that and i was like oh never mind the the quaintness is gone but it's that idea of like, they're like, well, on paper, it's there. There's a plot. Here's some characters. Here's some stuff that happens. But like, it's missing everything else that makes a movie interesting. Like, the characters are lame. There's not like real character development. Uh, the atmosphere, I feel like there's some decent atmosphere at the beginning, but I feel like it's mostly accidental just because like, it just feels like, empty the movie and i was like that kind of works for it at the beginning uh just because of the i know the theme of the movie but i don't think that was intentional i think that's just how it is yeah and then the the climax is like the main character dies off screen apparently you hear her on a phone call because suddenly we're following the main character's friend at the end in the last scene for some reason not the main character that we've been following through the whole movie and she calls her And then scream. So it's like, oh, I guess she just died off screen. And then we get the the most laziest, like her friends in a car with who she thought was her friend, the main character. And then a doppelganger of her friend gets in the back and then she screams end of movie. It's like really your your climax of the movie took place in a car that looked like it was parked in the back alley in somewhere in Hollywood. Like Uh it probably was. Real bad it is real bad. They're like, hey, hey, come here real quick. Let's shoot the end of this movie. Come on, come on. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Yeah. I it I, I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. There it it's one of those movies, it's kind of like Camp Blood, except maybe Camp Blood actually had less going for it, but 
where it's so bad, it's not interesting, where I just end up watching it for like the little glimmers of like, well, that, oh, that was good. I don't know if it was intentional, but that was maybe something of like, oh, she's not a complete terrible actress. Cool. I'm into it. <laughs> you just, you, you, grab and then you're like, oh, nope, that was an accident. My bad. <laughs> oh, 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 well, that was, oh. she, she was apparently mm, having a good day. Unintentionally day. good. Whoops. Right. <laughs> oh, she actually did stub her toe. Oh, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> so you, you grab the little, the little things mm-hmm. when you can. Yeah. Uh, the most of the movie was terrible. I don't even know what I would give it in stars. I, I need to log it on Letterboxd still. Um, still, it's got 47%. So somebody doesn't hate it that much. I don't think people hate it that much. It's just so maybe compared to other asylum movies, it's decent, but it's, it, it's too lazy. It's too lazy and sloppy. There's definitely worse movies than this. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, but it's a horror movie. Like you could just, I just don't understand. I okay, it's their business model. They tried to make a good movie and didn't make that much money off of it. Just take the same budget and but try to do better. Just try, just do better. That's my whole thing. That's with all these movies. Just do better. I get it. Like you don't have to make a masterpiece. You don't have to infuse a whole ton of money. But like you, you, you can watch kids in backyards on YouTube make better atmospheric horror than this at times. And it's like they don't have a budget. What's your excuse? Uh, so. Invasion of the Pod People. I'd say skip it. <laughs> I'd say skip this clone of a fourth generation clone. <laughs> if you think maybe I should try something new, nah, just watch something good. <laughs> right. That's kind of the moral of this. Well, I mean, there are things. I there are movies on that on the like. I come across a list of movies, and I was like, oh well, like Possession from. The, there's an older movie called Possession, which apparently has more. I, I know we have maybe Possession coming up, so I was kind of holding on to that. But it's got Sam Neill. It's supposed to be kind of like a classic or a, a cult classic horror thing. It's supposed to be really good. I, I thought about watching that. Apparently, that's got a bunch of stuff with doppelgangers. Um, but I, I didn't want to watch something good, apparently. I wanted to watch Invasion of the Pod People. Whoops. <laughs> I acts. I went. I had muted my thing real quick and I accidentally went. To, I went to unmute it and I accidentally turned on my camera, so you guys got to see my desk because my camera is pointed straight down at my desk. Oh, I didn't even see it. Yeah, sorry. Well, good. Haha. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> yes. You watch. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I was all over the place. I even thought about doing Fight Club for a second, just because I was like, yeah. does that count? He kind of lives inside of. You know, instead of his head, maybe. I think, I think, it I think yeah, I'd kind say of an evil not? twin kind of situation, right? Right. Um, but so I was like, you know, it's been a minute since I watched Doctor Who. We kind of started with some Doctor Who uh, at the beginning of this when Maddie D chose some Doctor Who for I think what was it for Frankenstein Week? Right. I don't even remember which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna go back to Doctor Who, and because uh, I knew, I knew that there was a good doppelganger one. There's probably several, but I went with um, the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People. So it's a two-parter, and it was series six. So this would have been Matt Smith's second season as the eleventh Doctor. Um, 
Amy and Rory had just gotten married. Rory decides to go ahead and become a full-time companion on the TARDIS crew. So this is the first season where we've got, you know, Amy, Rory, and the Doctor traveling together. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wind up, like, uh, the Doctor is investigating the whole mystery of Amy Pond at this point, and uh, the TARDIS takes them to this like monastery type of thing, this medieval monastery. And uh, in this medieval monastery, these, this crew is working on like pumping acid out of it. And uh, yeah, there's also like, um, like the whole, the whole crux of it is there's the flesh. The flesh is something that they can turn into doppelgangers and they do this on purpose because uh they can now harvest and pump out the acid without uh actually having human casualties otherwise they're going through too many you know it's so corporate they're going through too many acid suits so instead let's make living clones of ourselves which can die yeah <laughs> right right so like that's the that's the epitome of uh corporate greed right there and yeah. so um they show up in the middle of like a solar storm or something. And it, uh, it strikes while they're all attached to these chairs, which they use to basically pilot them kind of like an avatar type of thing. Like not the good avatar, but more like the James Cameron avatar with the blue people. (laughs) Right. Uh, I love that. That's not the good avatar. And I would know. I would agree. So they're plugged in. They're plugged into these chairs when the solar storm hits. And now the doppelgangers are alive like actually properly alive without needing human hosts to like pilot them kind of thing. And so then that's, that's the crux of the story of the two-parter basically is that the doppelgangers are just trying to survive. And then they go back and forth on maybe we need to kill the humans in order to survive kind of thing. Us or them, this whole thing. And, uh, you know, like they land and uh, the one the one character, Jennifer, is all about Rory. And uh, and then at, at another point, like at the end of the first half, the doctor scans the flesh at one point, the, the goop the, that turns into people. And uh, and that's the big reveal at the end is trust me, I'm the doctor. And so there's a there's a ganger. This is the 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 cute nickname for doppelganger is ganger. Um <laughs> There's a ganger version of the doctor. He's just like the doctor after he, you know, works out a few kinks. Like, like the doctor ganger. This is the doctor ganger. The ganger. The eleventh ganger. Um, real quick, Savannah. <laughs> Savannah had said I didn't like this episode with the weird liquid soap people. They really are too. Like their faces just go blip. Which you can see on the screen here uh, if you're watching the video episode. Um, Otherwise, you know, just do a quick Google search on the Rebel Flesh or the Almost People, and you'll get images, and you'll go, "Oh, that one." I mean, that's kind of how most people feel about this. It's like, "Oh, this is kind of a forgettable moment in Doctor Who," unless right. you liked it, kind of thing. So, is it like, I, like, are they are they kind of like biological machines, but then they get struck like 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 by lightning and go like Johnny Five? It's kind kind of like that, almost like a almost like a Frankenstein kind of thing. Like they really aren't alive until this freak accident happens, and now boom, yeah, like Johnny Five, yeah, and now they're alive, but they're unstable, so they keep like shifting between like a true doppelganger form or this kind of slick looking, um, not quite detailed form. Yeah, and uh, 
Like, there's some interesting stuff in this. Like, there's a moment where, you know, there's the two 11th doctors playing off of each other. And you could tell that Matt Smith was having a just a, a heck of a time with that. Like, he clearly enjoyed playing us opposite himself, or at least he made it convincing that he was enjoying it. Um, uh, but there's that whole thing with uh, Amy Pond not, like, she's kind of, like, racist a little bit, like, when it comes to the ganger, you know, like you're not the real thing. You're not the real thing. And then like, there's this whole bait and switch thing. And like, who is the real doctor, that whole thing. And, um, mm -hmm. it's interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, until the end, like then, then the end happens and I'm like, Oh, that's right. And then <laughs> I went to throw things at the television. I was like, Moffat, you did it again. I don't remember. I don't remember it at all, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was I, could, I could spoil it, and then you would re you would remember it. Um, okay, I mean, I don't care. I'd say this is it. old. It's like two. What is it? What did I what did I say on the notes? Twenty eleven. Mm -hmm. Like this is, you know, yeah, almost a decade old now. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen a decade old Doctor Who, you're, you're... So, so remember, this is the season that's all building up to River, to mm. River Song. Uh, this is a good man goes to war. This is all that. It's all leading, yeah. all leading up to that, and so we get the whole eye, like eye patch, thing. Yeah. So she's pregnant and whatnot. This is the episode where we re, where we realize that Amy has not actually been traveling with the doctor at all, and it's actually a ganger. Mm. And the whole point of going to this place, we thought it was like the TARDIS taking the doctor where he needs to go. No, he went here on purpose because he wanted to uh, be able to study the flesh up close and to confirm his suspicion that Amy was flesh all along. And, uh, and this whole time, two hours, two episodes of the doctor being like, but the flesh is alive. How could you just dispose of the flesh? Da, 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 da. At the end of this whole thing, he figures out a sonic vibration on his screwdriver that will essentially melt the flesh on site and then he does that and then he does that to the fake amy but i mm -hmm. thought the flesh was alive how could you do exactly that? exactly that's why <laughs> i wanted to throw things at the screen i was like you just spent two hours like talking about what what's real is real what's life is life and then you just zapped this fake amy and melted her and well, without even thinking he's just like i'm sorry boop you're gone. But it, maybe it's that, you know, life is life until it's already formed into a human and then it's not doing its job. And then after that, who cares? <laughs> Are you I saying mean... the doctor's conservative? <laughs> like it's sacred <laughs> until it's birth, I don't give a crap. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Huge, if true. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you protect that goop until it looks like a person, then it's on its own. <laughs> it looks like a person. I stand for like you got soap paste, you're fine. Wow. Uh, Turner had said uh, Voldemort. Yes, they because they do they look do. like they Voldemort. Do. They look like a, the noseless, the one that shall not be named. Yes, I agree. Uh, oh, so man. this was both an excellent, uh, excellent opportunity to go back and revisit some old Stephen Moffat. And also a horrible cautionary tale and reminder that not all of this uh, old stuff that we remember fondly is good. Yeah. Oh, man. 
especially Moffat. It's like a reminder of like, oh yeah, Stephen Moffat era, Matt Smith. Oh yeah, Stephen Moffat era. Yeah, yeah no, it's like, oh, Matt Smith's really good in this one. Oh, spoilers. Matt Smith is the only thing good. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Ma- like his doctor was one of the most unintentionally inconsistent. Like, yeah. That, Moffat is worse at sticking a landing than Stephen King. I mean, <laughs> it's it's bad. Okay, so we started out, we kicked this off the, the whole monster <laughs> of the week thing with uh was it the vampire one with vampires? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And watching Dracula. Which is a Stephen Moffat, uh, Mark Gatiss joint, right? Uh, same thing. I didn't mind it, but for the most part, the most common thing is third episode because it was a three episode thing. Fell on its face. He can't <laughs> stick a landing. He yeah, can't. He no. can't. Like it's like he gets such a good start, and then he can't help but just like cheese balling it or just. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's it's worse. The reason I say it's worse than Stephen King because he's notorious for it too. But he builds it up even more you know he it's not just like some weird awesome thing it's like a fantastical thing that you know affects the entire universe and all of time and all of creation and then we're still gonna mess it up okay yeah. or or he'll give him an ambiguous moral like get out of jail free card mm-hmm. you know and so that's what they did with this one is like i could just melt you but then he's also like but maybe you'll survive because your memory will live on in the, in my sonic screwdriver or something. I don't know. Oh. It's like, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you come back. Boop like, your goop. You I'll won't feel, boop your goop. Delete. I'll Same thing here. with like Jenny, the doctor's daughter, you know, like uh-huh. she's going to die. Spoilers. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You could die. Oh, you're not dead. Oh, you're traveling the universe forever. And, or at least until you feel like you don't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Melanie? I was just going to say, it, it, because of the liquid soap thing, I'm like, I'm going to melt you, but I'll feel your emotions while I'm washing my hands. <laughs> right. So it's okay. <laughs> you still have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And Gosh. that purpose is to travel all of time and space until the end of time or whenever you decide to stop. You know, yeah. at least I could, uh, one thing about Chibi. Old Chibi. At least he's consistent with his suck. His yeah. Yeah, start yeah. sucking. Yeah. Suck through the middle and then suck at the end. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's really true. And he surprises us when he's good. Why can't they have somebody good like Gaiman take over? And I mean, I know maybe he doesn't want to because Moffat messed that up. <laughs> yeah. I'm I worry that we won't get any more because anymore Gaiman because uh Gaiman Doctor Who stuff. He hasn't written that yeah. many episodes, but he has written some in the past. Mm-hmm. Because the what was this Nightmare in Silver? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nightmare I feel in like Silver. that that sounds like it was not a good experience for him because they had to no. rewrite it, have him rewrite it a bunch. And, and they yeah like they he, butchered it I I thought. Yeah. I, I feel like he probably did not come away with, with that uh from that with a good ex uh, whatever experience yeah which sucks because he's so good i know people can hear my typing i'm sorry that's because you go when you buy a uh you don't just go and buy a keyboard he's got to buy a keyboard that's extra loud so he can hear when he's typing because i discovered (laughs) no it was a it was a little bit of a mistake after i ordered it i was like oh yeah i 
well, I think at the time I might have still been streaming games, or maybe I wasn't, but I had been, and I was like, oh, this is not a good idea if I want to play games online or games on video. But it's because I discovered mechanical keyboards. They're so good. Uh, when I was doing the latest Cyber News podcast, however long, a year ago, mm -hmm. um, I was doing a lot of writing, so I needed a good keyboard. I was like, what's a good keyboard for actually writing and mechanical keyboard? And They're awesome. They're great. They're very clicky, and it's very satisfying, except it is very loud. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm going to dismantle my mouse and shove little pieces of fluff in here so that it won't click when I click on it, because the sound drives me insane for some reason. We're the opposites. So I want to highlight Savannah. Savannah, yeah. Yeah. Comment because That's she, a good one. She had a, she did a thing. She watched a thing. Uh, she said, I watched The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror with Bart's evil conjoined twin, Hugo, who was chained in the attic and fed fish heads. Yeah, yeah. evil twin, for sure. And really, Treehouse of Horror, I love, I like I like them all, I think. So, I wonder if this picture is correct. Would that have been, yeah, season eight, episode one. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have much else to say. I don't recall. I, rem so I remember stories. seeing that one. I mean, like yeah. Yeah. I don't remember them all, but that's one of them I definitely do remember. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the other stories were, but man, the Treehouse of Horror episodes are great. Yeah, it's been a right. long time since I watched any Simpsons, and I know people like are always like it sucked since season eight or twelve or whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. I'm sure. I'm sure there's been. Has it though, or did you just outgrow qualities? it? That's kind of yeah. the thing, right? I'm yeah. sure there's been varying qualities, and the show has to evolve with the times. It can't be the same exact show. If you go watch some right. of those early seasons, yeah, they're good, they're classic, but it's also like early, early Simpsons. Like it mm -hmm. feels a little dated. Um, I will always love The Simpsons, always because my house is full of very different people, and the only time that we could be all sat down as a family eating together and enjoying our time is when we had a TV in the dining room and we watched the Simpsons. That's like the best our family ever got along in my entire life. And it's all, I think it's all because of the Simpsons because it was the, like the one show we could all like agree on and laugh at and you know, whatever, and then get on with our lives and, you know, didn't have anything to argue about from it. You know what I mean? My we didn't watch the well, I watched The Simpsons, but yeah, we didn't. That was not a family viewing. My dad hated The Simpsons, yeah, he hated it with a passion. My dad liked The Simpsons, not it was South Park and uh, Beavis and Butthead, those were the things that he rallied on or rallied against. Rallied against. Oh, yeah, well, I, I think South Park was a little was late enough that I don't know that didn't seem to really hit my dad's radar, but Beavis and Butthead for sure, he hated mm -hmm. that too. Yeah, burn that one house down and everybody freaks out. <laughs> um okay okay uh savannah says everyone should watch it mm -hmm. so let's talk about simpsons um do we want to move on yes okay we should blow through some of these pretty quickly okay well we don't have to I don't yeah, some, yeah some of these are just like this is what so-and-so said here's oh, what they're doing real quick first off how many weeks till halloween two more weeks till halloween halloween mm -hmm. Halloween. Two more weeks to Halloween. Silver Shamrock. I need to watch Halloween 3 again. That's great. Wait, what's the monster in Halloween 3? Techno pagan 
witchcraft masks. So masks. we could do a mask week where it was basically just Jim Carrey. No. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody stop me. Oh man, I should have I I missed a couple of promotional opportunities. Uh what? I know what I want to do if we can do it next week. Yes. Okay. Uh and and partially I I I'm going to give half of this to Jesse. I think it should be puppets and dolls. Oh, okay. So I we had possession on the list, mm -hmm. but we don't have to do possession. We can do puppets and dolls. We probably well, I can think of at least thing. one movie where the doll is possessed. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Um I was just thinking because you remember that I think I sent I sent Randy a meme. It was a great meme. Uh where the it just these people put like a giant line of old tore up dolls walking away from their house carrying trash bags in the shape of a body. And I was like, those are the kind of decorations that would creep me out. You're like, I wouldn't want to go home with right. those there. And I, it had me thinking we should do something like that. So if you guys are down for it, if not, that's fine. I'm game. I yeah. mean, you weren't going to get a down. dissenting vote from me. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Okay. So puppets, dolls, I'm going to put that in here. So I remember. Okay. Um, oh, I wanted to say real quick, because I, I we were talking about doppelganger movies. And I mentioned The Thing. Hey, if you do want to hear me talk about The Thing, you should go check out, go to GrawlixPodcast.com. Check out uh, one of the older Grawlix Cinematic Universe episodes, GCU number six, in which Jasper and I talked about The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China. Well, fantastic. For me, one held up better than the other. Uh, I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're talking about because Big Trouble in Little China is one of the best movies ever. <laughs> um, oh, puppets! Savannah sounds excited about puppets. So, mm -hmm. also, no horror in her house growing up. That's sad. That is one thing. <laughs> oh, she says, my mom thinks the original Jurassic Park movie is horror. Mm -hmm. I guess I could kind of see that, but man. That is like, that's that's pretty timid. It's a good thing she had had me to positively influence her. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, yeah, okay. Like my dad didn't like Simpsons or Beavis the Butthead, but uh, I've seen The Exorcist a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, and The Thing, and uh, you, The Shining, mm -hmm. all the classics. All right, so that aside, what's uh, let's see, what movie, what news story do we want to start with? We can just jump into these. Yeah, so, I mean, okay. some of them are just like, oh, that's happening. Okay. Well, I will. Oh, I hate pop. I, I autoplay videos websites. You guys stop it. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into this, Jesse. And if you like, if it's clear, I don't know what I'm talking about, or if you have input on it, please do because you gathered these stories so i'm gonna sure. she-ra creator sets next animated series lumberjanes for hbo max this yeah i heard about that entertainment weekly um i'm yes. sorry go ahead no please you go i would say i'm all down for some lumberjanes that sounds awesome now did she create lumberjanes as well so isn't i mean is this like the snake eating its own tail because i believe that she uh she got her notoriety as a series creator for Lumberjanes, then was attached to um, She-Ra, mm -hmm. and then, you know, 
did, did She-Ra for five seasons, and now she's getting to make her original property mm-hmm. into a show. Ironically, not for Netflix, but for HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's moving up in the... You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, as in who has more properties and whatnot. Sure, yeah. Um, I think, I think if I um wasn't here... Maybe if I grew up somewhere less city, I might that maybe might be something I would have been a lumberjane. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I love sure. I love working in nature and um I mean cutting down trees is not great, but then I would plant some afterward. So I'd be, you know, one of those people. Um yeah, I okay, so according to this Entertainment Weekly article, Lumberjane Lumberjanes tells the story of five Lumberjane scouts at so is that like um like a Boy Scouts type thing? Lumberjane Scouts? Um, who witnessed a series of supernatural events, including an old woman transforming into a beer. A beer, a beer, a bear. A beer. <laughs> <laughs> you got beer what kind drinks. of beer? Let's talk. Um, okay. This isn't really related, but kind of it just reminds me. I read a thing. It was like a Reddit thing. Uh, and it was talking about the worst thing that a guy had tried to mansplain to a woman. And uh-huh. one of them was this guy tried to like argued for like an hour with his girlfriend, trying to tell her that she only has her periods on full moons. Cause that's how it works. And she's like, we're not werewolves. Okay. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> Our cycles are not related to the moon at all. And I'm like, it's God, that's crazy to me that, that in this day and age, people don't know something that like that simple. But then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, man, it would be so much cooler if it was tied to the moon. I so wish it could be like, oh, full moon's coming. Better watch out, guys. I'm going to have PMS. You know, that would be yeah. so much better. It'd be like the Red Lodge. <laughs> I mean, like the actual, the story that we took that from because um, mm-hmm. it was a Swamp Thing story. I don't, if, I don't recall if that was the actual title of it, but wasn't that, didn't that have to do with the Red Lodge? And it was obviously like mm-hmm. a, menstruation thing but it, yeah. it was, was van, uh, not vampire werewolves yeah and actually uh, I I looked it up after wa- reading that I don't think the red lodge was actually a thing but the moon lodge was a thing uh, in, in several different um, cultures actually so uh, I don't know okay well this is sure this is interesting cool mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't watch the newer Shira show I don't know lumberjanes, but okay, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, me too. It sounds progressive and and affirmative. Empa- it sounds empowering. Empowering. That's the word. Well, it's got a comics be- uh, twist to it, so I thought, well, this mm-hmm. is this is Galaxy News. Yep. Um, speaking oh, yeah, of sure. female empowerment, <laughs> this one I I did see this article. Um, Glow. This is from Independent.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Across the pond, Glow cast asked fans to support petition for Netflix film after series cancellation. Does that because, work? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but there's like no petition linked here. So, oh, you're it's just like a social media thing. So, I mean, we talked about it last week, I believe. Glow got canceled, even though they were actively filming the next season mm-hmm. before uh, Corona hit. Um, well, they decided with Corona dragging on, they decided we're just going to scrap that season. 
show's done, which is very right. disappointing. Glow is amazing. I, I, I'm sorry, Melanie, that you can't watch it. I wish you could because it's a really pretty good show. It's like very well written. It's it's okay. If you don't know Glow, it yeah, it seems goofy. It's like uh, here, here's a picture. This is maybe not a good example of it, but this is <laughs> they're wrestlers. They're female wrestlers, right? Um, yeah. But it's it's an ensemble character piece and it's so good it's very well written um but it was canceled after being renewed and filming and apparently the cast of glow has asked films to support a petition to save the show after it was canceled by netflix uh blah 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 on october 5th netflix okay blah 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 during a virtual reunion the cast including uh betty gilpin allison brie and mark mark Marin. I also like Mark Marin a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I like, still never have listened to his podcast. I know that's like, I, he's a comedian, but I know that's kind of where he got at least online famous. Mm-hmm. I love but that I, he came on to um, uh, Conan O'Brien's show and basically read him the riot act because Conan O'Brien started a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. You should look that up. It was pretty fun. Uh, but I, but I like him. I like him a lot. He's good in stuff. I mean, he always, he's very, he plays the same guy. He basically yeah. plays Mark plays Marin, himself or who a, he is. Yeah. But he, he's good. Um, is he related to Cheech? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, not. okay. Okay. Just wondering. Uh, let's see. So basically, they anonymous, anonymously agreed to the idea of reuniting once more of a movie version, once more for a movie version of the show and ask viewers to also make their voices heard by joining the hashtag save glow petition or by quote going old school and quote and posting letters to netflix mm-hmm. uh, marin said it would be very exciting be a very exciting thing and it would seem like netflix could do it if they wanted to do it it probably would solve the problem it would be easier for them to do I'm not sure mm-hmm. who the f knows that is that is mark marin who the F yep. knows what they're going to do, but I think it's a great idea and I hope people rally around it enough to raise the interest of the executives over there. I mean, it kind of came down to, well, we had, we figured it out on our own last week where like apparently by the time the show would come back, contract negotiations would have to happen again. So we mm-hmm. figured that's probably what happened, but they said that with the break for Corona, the show wouldn't hit the air until like 2021, 2022. And they're like, the audience won't still be around. The audience isn't going anywhere. No, they're not going to leave. They're still there. In fact, it would be a good business decision that if you did say, maybe lose a bunch of audience since two other massive two to three other massive streaming services have cropped up since the end of the last season, maybe that would attract some people back, but no, I mean, I'm not a, well, and it's a Netflix exclusive. Where's it? At? Where else is it going to go? It's not going anywhere else, mm-hmm. and it lives evergreen on your on your platform. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I want to mention. Uh, Savannah says, "Yeah, thank you, Cheech Marin or Mark Maron." I don't know, but they're they're spelled differently. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't know. I didn't watch Glow. I wish I could have. Just like I wish I could watch The Office, but it, those shows are not good for me. They're well glow it's humor does come from there's some cringe but not quite yeah it's different it's a comedy drama whereas Mm -hmm. like office is a bit more comedy office is more like over the top cringe 
-hmm. and glow is over the top but a little bit more realistic more grounded uncomfortable awkward mm. cringe well that might be even worse yeah exactly my, my my whole thing is just i can't watch a movie without having to feel what everybody's feeling and sometimes i just i'm just like nope i wouldn't i'm out this person might stay around but i'm running for the hills and so i i can't yeah i have to leave the room can't watch it so this next story Jesse, this is interesting. This is something I hadn't heard, and this continues the saga. The yep. saga. That's the why saga? I picked it. It's okay. good. Like, this is, I don't know why this fascinates me so much. I guess it's because this is like the biggest, like, Corona is the biggest, like, I can't think of anything that's rocked the movie industry. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, all industries, arguably, but obviously, yeah. the show business being like very public, very visible. I, I don't I can't think of anything that's rocked the industry like this. So it's, it seems very notable considering we talk about entertainment news. Um, Savannah says, I don't feel like there's as much cringe as The Office. Yeah, I mean, The Office falls back on it specifically as comedy and it's a comedy. So there's a lot of it. Um, and like the Michael Scott character, at least in the American office, is very, very ridiculous and over the top. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, it's not necessarily as much cringe in glow but it's more realistic in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So it maybe feels worse. Savannah, this is just right that to recall, recall me like almost crying because there was a guy eating alone at a restaurant. And I'm like, I would be so sad if I was eating alone at a restaurant and I, getting all upset about it. That's what it's like for me. To be fair, I do a lot of, I like to do a lot of things alone, but I will enjoy I eating alone weird. at a restaurant. I know. And I would weird. be upset if I see some chick looking at me crying because I'm doing it. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. It's my choice. But I, that's fine for you. Someday there's going to be a virus. I'll be safe because I'm by myself in this little restaurant area. Except yeah. I'm in a restaurant, so I probably wouldn't be safe. <laughs> I, I have only seen a movie alone once in my life. And that's only because I, I refused to watch Scream 2. Uh, I went and saw Riddick instead. The the first Riddick movie. I forget uh, what it was called. Uh, pitch, pitch Black. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, dark. I've never seen a movie alone. And you do it on the regular because you enjoy it. That's weird to me. I like going to movies by myself. The best is if there's no one else. If it's like a, you know, if you happen to hit it like the right time of day, there's like no one else in there. Dude. I think that's how I watched uh, Mad Max Fury Road. There's basically no one else in the theater. Now, it's crazy. To be clear, though, Melanie, yeah, I would rather go eat with you, and I'd rather oh. go to the movies with you. Well, You're my you, girlfriend, baby. and I do like going out to do things with friends. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that I don't like doing those things, mm -hmm. but I also don't have like if I'm you know I got no problem with going to the movies by myself. It's great. I would go to the movies now. Even with despite everything going on, if I knew there was no one else in there, but that's kind of beside the point. I don't think right. readers are gonna like stay open. Like, just for oh me. yeah, let's yeah. do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, there's other people that enjoy going to the movies by themselves too. I know it. I've heard people talk about this. Yeah. However, Warner Brothers and Universal bosses say no movie theater buyouts in the works, but we're rooting for them. This is from Deadline.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a story I I did not. I was not. So this is okay. This is interesting. It's one of those. It kind of feels like that. How that last story maybe evolved the, the glow story where it's like, mm -hmm. this isn't something that originated from them. This is something they asked. And it's like, well, here's, 
here's a story about the reaction to the thing that we asked them. Right. Which, uh, I guess seems valid. Um, but apparently Donna Langley, chair, chairman of Universal Filmed, Universal Filmed Entertainment Group. That's that's the name of it. That's weird. And Ann Sarnoff, chair and CEO of Warner Brothers, had the same reaction Thursday when asked if their companies had any interest in buying movie theaters. They laughed. Quote, we have no plans to do that currently, Langley said. Um, and Sarnoff said, we have no plans either, with a light chuckle. Uh, Why are they laughing at people? That's so rude. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read this deadline.com part of this article who uh, credit 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 was written by dade hayes dade hayes especially with the 1948 paramount decree now abolished and major theater circuits on the brink of bankruptcy the scenario of studios taking the stake in exhibition whose stocks have plunged plun, plunged is frequently floated 1948 paramount decree so was the whole th- that's interesting i don't know about that i'm gonna have to look into that so is that basically i assume like- it would be like it's a conflict of interest. So you can't like, you can't be making the movies and Sh- the person showing, showing them the only person like you yeah. right. In 1948. Yeah. Fifties and throughout the fifties is kind of like the downslope for the massive studio. Like that's where movies happened. And studios kind of had a monopoly over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Disney had a monopoly over the whole thing. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And apparently also ran the ran some theaters, so they truly had a monopoly on the whole experience. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. Okay. Well, anyway, that's for Randy time. I'll look that up. Yeah. I'm curious about that. Uh, I I feel like there's maybe not. This is a pretty lengthy article, actually. I don't know that there's really much more notable though. It's interesting that they would laugh it off because, mm-hmm. like, it's. It seems like a very corporate thing to do right now would be to be mm-hmm. like, oh, y'all are having some troubles. Swoop in. We own you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Uh, now we're making know, money on both ends. Yeah, that that's true. Even 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 companies that companies don't want, they still, when they're doing bad, tend to swoop in and then just sell all the parts and pieces to profit, you know? So it's, it's strange to me in that respect also that they wouldn't do it or laugh about it even more. I mean, on the one hand, they're like, well, the theaters aren't doing too well right now. That's not a good investment, but I mean, in the long term, you think it would be, yeah, I don't know that they need to invest in some drive-ins. Not. Yeah. Where are Mm -hmm. all the drive-ins? God. Mm -hmm. Oh, real quick. Do you mind if I pimp? Um, Pimp. Yeah, if you're live in the Omaha, Nebraska area, um, there will be a free showing of Hocus Pocus at Falcon Wood Drive-In Thursday, October twenty second. Tobacco free. Where is Falcon Wood? Uh, I believe it's, I think it's in Bellevue. Yeah, it's in Bellevue. Turner says Fremont is struggling. Fremont is struggling for sure. Oh, yeah, I mean I uh, theaters. I, I would think Fremont would be able to. St- comfortably during normal times comfortably sustain a theater at least one for a while mm-hmm. it was two right it's a one theater kind of town call back to our earlier conversation about fremont that's the size uh yeah. 
but I tell you what, last several many times I had went to those theaters, either of those theaters, it didn't seem like they were doing well at that point either. But maybe that's just because I intentionally <laughs> right, choose right. times when other people aren't there. Um, <laughs> or order like <laughs> a, a big old popcorn without anything to drink and have a friend that walks like maybe he's carrying a two liter or something in his coat. <laughs> right. Dude, oh, man. Are you sure you don't want to drink? No, I'm good. Just take this popcorn. Mm-hmm. Stupid. So stupid. My name is Skater Pants. Skater Pants? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. You smoke Cargo. all kinds of stuff in the theaters. Like like a jar of pickles and a tuba uh, Pringles. <laughs> Done that before. A jar of pickles. That's probably not even good for you. You're like, right in the middle of the movie, you're like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too much soda? No. Too much yep. fiber. <laughs> when sodium man holy moly this is a story that i did want to cover and we won't dive too far into it because it is Mm -hmm. getting late it's after 10 so i'm I'm the reason we started late don't be sorry disney streamlines as covid19 woes continue creating single media and entertainment distribution unit led by karen uh, kareem daniel now this i we don't have to dive into this in fact i should have looked more into this beforehand and had a better idea of what it was but this was a few days ago this news broke and it ties into this because basically from what i understand disney's doing some like real corporate restructuring to deal with theaters not being a extremely viable source of their major income yeah that's huge if true mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um so I'm guessing it'll be, so the focus will be on developing under the new structure, according to deadline.com, the focus will be on developing and producing original content for the company's streaming services, as well as for legacy platforms. What does that mean? Like, like legacy DVDs, VHS, laser disc, oh, video God. disc, beta. <laughs> we do it at all. <laughs> they put out a video disc, man. That's all. Do, do a Disney afternoon block on video disc. I'm in. We're we're opening the Disney vault. We're not going to even change the format. We're just going to pull whatever's out and give it to you. Chippendale Rescue Rangers on video disc. Get it. <laughs> beta. Betamax. Betamax. You could be a beta uh, tester for our Betamax retro release. So distribution and commercialization will be centralized into a single global unit called media and entertainment distribution. Um, it would be led by Kareem Daniel, a 14 year, 14 year old, no, a 14 year company veteran and former president of consumer products, games and publishing. And you still won't get a black widow movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. I was very suspicious of this, but I mean, it makes sense when you consider Disney owns everything. Cope. Excuse me. Brood. COVID-19 has ravaged Disney more than any other media company with a direct impact on theme parks, travel, theatrical movie going, TV advertising, live sports, and other longtime income sources. Mm-hmm. Wait, TV advertising? What? TV advertising? <gasps> Don't talk bad about them because you're going to go robot. No, you weren't talking bad. Uh, you were asking about what their deal with TV advertising? I don't know. I mean, they own so many companies. They they probably own some ad ad, ad, ad agencies. Yeah, but okay. I, I really don't know, Melanie. Yeah. And Jesse looks okay. <laughs> you look frozen. <laughs> I was like, did I freeze? 
It's like, no, he's just very still. <laughs> I was um, pulling a Drax, which we'll never see another one of those movies either. Streaming has been a bright spot, but it, it it is thus far a money-losing endeavor for Disney by design. Um, I wonder if it's like Netflix started it. Everybody was like, oh, no, everybody's going to do that now. So now we got to do it. But Netflix was dumb and they're going to go broke. And now so is everybody else. Well, no, the, oh. I think the thing is, so in the spring of 2009, I'm continuing to read this, but in the spring of 2019, the company advised investors that it would be years before Disney Plus and other streaming platforms turn a profit. Disney Plus, which launched last November, has already reached the threshold of the company's five-year subscriber forecast. Wow, really? Okay. So basically, they've already hit the they've already hit what they anticipated they hit they'd hit in terms of sub- subscribers in 5 years. Um I think I think the thing with what they're saying I think the logic there is, and it's like the Netflix model. So long as Netflix is doing well, mm-hmm. um, you invest a ton off the top, get a bunch of, you got to create a whole bunch of content to attract people. Mm-hmm. And then you will eventually attract enough people that it, that you go out of the red or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that you make a profit, but it takes a long time to do so. It's like starting a new business where they're like, you know, it's a year, two years, three years before you actually turn a profit. Um, but the problem with like Netflix is like, they just continue to do that. And then right. once they like start losing customers, it's like, Oh no. <laughs> we, we, you know. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. So I'm guessing they're going to focus more on that. So, so I guess we're uh, maybe the thought between asking Warner brothers and universal, if they're going to like buy theaters, is like, well, Disney, it's clear. Disney's doing their thing over there. They're like, nah, screw theaters we're gonna we're streaming is where we're going so they're like you guys gonna say no more say no more know what i mean <laughs> nudge nudge wink wink say no more all right well that was i'm glad you found that story jesse yeah it was interesting okay uh two more things this one I think will be quick, but before we can even get to it, Snyder Watch. You knew it was coming. Uh, if, if it weren't for Jesse, it wouldn't have been. I didn't have any. I was like, no you're welcome, man. America. <laughs> this is what you wanted, Jesse. Yep. Not you, you could have been watching a back to back to back town hall, but instead you came for the Snyder watch. You're <laughs> I welcome. know that's why you all keep coming back. Yep. <laughs> Justice League Snyder cut will include original Deathstroke post credit scene. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that headline pretty much is the news. Joe Maganilio Magnello. Uh, we we just did this guy's name like a week ago, and I think Billy was kind enough to correct me in the comments. What I said last week, Joe Mandalorian has confirmed <laughs> that Scott Snyder's Justice League will include his end credit scene as Deathstroke 
that was included in the theatrical cut. That was included? Yes. <laughs> That's news. Something you already saw and you will see again. That's news. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> that part not changing. Leaving it the same. News. That's news. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they made a Tekken movie. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is what yep. we do to get you that Snyder Cut Snyder Watch news that you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve this. <laughs> when you're asking why, you deserved it. Your fault. It's not, it's not the stairs cut you need, it's the stairs cut you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> now, that should, oh, that's the quote for the Snyder cut. It's not the Snyder cut you need, it's this, but it's the Snyder cut you deserve. <laughs> oh. Oh, Do you bleed? You will. Um, yeah, this is, it's such a ridiculous, and this is not like, you know, this is, this is a story that ran, this is yeah. screenrant.com three days ago. Yes, I, I had to one. do a double take to be like, is this new? This is new. All right. We're running with it. See, other people are doing a Snyder watch. They're just not having a segment. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like, I, <laughs> yeah, clearly. I like that. It's not even. It gets a. This is a headline. It gets yeah. a headline. Yeah. That th I don't get that. Like it's like okay, well maybe like it's notable. Like not really, but it's oh okay, cool. I guess sure, but weird, weird. Mm -hmm. I've you never laughed so hard at a Snyder watch. <laughs> yeah. Brady, you know who else is weird? Who? Nicholas Cage. Oh man, you're on the ball. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh I don't God. know much about this, but Jesse had shared a trailer with us uh, for a movie called Jiu-jitsu, starring Nicolas Cage, Tony Jaw, and Frank Grillo, and it looks insane. Yeah, yeah. It also is very definite. Like the trailer, this is what I was saying at the very beginning of the episode. The trailer is one hundred percent banking on. Hey, Nicholas Cage, acting crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. He even says something about it's crazy, or you gotta be crazy, or something crazy. He says, yeah. he says he's he's crazy like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like him. He's crazy like me. So something, is, something like that. It's mm -hmm. it's Chris. It's Nicholas Cage, Christopher Walken. It's Nick. <laughs> combine the two. Oh my you. god! Oh god! No, I couldn't do. It. That's for. I want to take his face off. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you went Michael Caine with it. That was more like Michael Caine. I want to take his face off, Bruce, Mister Wayne, Bruce. Some people just want to see the faces burn. <laughs> um, man, I don't know what to say about this other than like this is the kind of trailer. It's like here, just watch this, but we can't do that on stream, obviously. Right. Uh, it looks like a, it's definitely martial arts. Cause at first I was like, wait, what is this? 
it's like a martial arts predator, mm -hmm. but the cape. predator is like a cyber ninja. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah it's like what if mortal Kombat? yeah except take raiden out put nicholas cage in <laughs> As raiden, yeah 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 long-haired nicholas cage take take um shang sung out and put the predator in <laughs> and then get real screwy with it and name the tournament after an actual style of martial arts yeah. called jujitsu. Why would you name the movie jujitsu? And it's like this. I don't know. It's almost as baffling as everything else. Yeah. Maybe Maybe more baffling than everything else. Like everything else just, just like, this is an over the top movie. But then they were like, you're a jujitsu and you're a jujitsu and your jujitsu will save the world. Yeah. It's you're like, all, you're all jujitsus. And then there's going to be like, mm, like at least three different scenes with machine gun fire. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of kicks, <laughs> a lot of kicking, aerial kicking, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 flips. I need to at least pull up a picture of. Okay, here let's pull up a couple pictures. First, that's not what I want. I just want the picture. Okay, I bet audio listeners love this part. First, <laughs> here's their. It looks really weird here. Actually, here's their weird Giver Cyber ninja predator type alien thing mm -hmm. pull this up i appreciate the macgyver part of that i don't know i don't know where macgyver came from but no it's not macgyver it's giver which is like oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie or whatever. yeah it makes me think of like the cheesy giver movies mm -hmm. which were not great but kind of feel in line with this in fact if you did like this is giver the new big budget version i'd be like mm -hmm. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, oh, I don't want the whole story. <laughs> What's Bro Bible? What is this? Bro Bible. Bro. <laughs> I just wanted the picture for hard hitting news, bro. Bro Bible. <laughs> Nicholas Cage does jujitsu sword fights with aliens in the greatest movie trailer of 2020. I mean, I would not necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. But oh, I lost the picture. There we go. So. There, it's so much bigger there. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. We've got a. Uh, looks like I'm confused by what's going on because we've got like homeless vet veterinarian veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> homeless. <laughs> I don't have a home, but please, please let me spay and neuter your dogs. Homeless veteran looking Nicholas Cage, like specifically like post-vietnam or something of nicholas cage i think it's the headband that's making me think that um, but then we also have like yogi nicholas cage like he's gonna he's gonna sword oh, he's fight you beads. yep get mm -hmm. he's got a thousand mile a thousand mile stare but also we'll teach you downward dog or downward twins whichever <laughs> right right full circle <laughs> so uh, yeah it's I mean, I don't know how to analyze it. It 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 was a roller coaster because it's just like, whoa, Nicolas Cage, what's this? And it's like, it's just like a fantasy action thing. That's like, oh no, this is straight up martial arts. It's like, oh wait, no, this is sci-fi. Like, what is going yeah, on yeah. with this? <laughs> what was it? It's like once every whatever hundred years, a portal opens to the earth, and then yeah. something comes through, and mm -hmm. we need you jujitsu's to get out there and fight it. And if you survive, 
then you will all survive. Yeah. Why are they called jujitsu? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Nope. No, but it was even worse than that too, because because it was like, and if you die with honor, then everyone else is safe. But yeah. I guess if you die without honor, then they murder everyone in the world. I don't really get it. Yeah, no, it, it did sound like if they don't find one, a jujitsu, they kill everyone. It's like, well, I mean, eventually then they would find one, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they just need to find yeah. one. It's like, okay, you're here. Cool. Just make it sure. Yeah. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And then they just kind of casually drop the Tony Jaws in the movie, and it's like, like he's a he's your actual martial arts name for this thing. I mean, like I suppose there's others in there too, but like right. Tony Jog actually got uh you know he had a, a good run with movies. He kind of um he kind of brought that one shot fight scene format into the forefront. You know, like now everybody's doing it, but for a while there they were like, "Holy cow, this is so incredible because it's one continuous scene." And well, yeah, he's like a yeah. a respected martial artist actor, right. right? Like he's like he knows his stuff, and yeah. he's in generally in terms of martial arts in like good movies, right? Uh, like in, in doing impressive things. Um, but they're like, nah, we got Nicolas Cage being crazy. Yeah. That's the face of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I guess from marketing, yeah, I guess it makes sense uh, because Tony Jots like you get martial arts fans. Crazy Nicolas Cage, you're getting everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my God, this looks crazy. I need to see it. I will mm-hmm. say, because I still, I don't think, I, my feelings about Nicolas Cage aren't necessarily different than they used to be, but I think his career has taken a path in which I have not seen a Nicolas Cage trailer in a while that I haven't been kind of on board with. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and I still don't, I'm still not a huge fan, but like, He's doing movies where I'm like, there. Because when he was, for a while, and I feel like it started with Gone in 60 Seconds, but for a while he was like mainstream action movie man and Con Air. It's like, that's not, what? No, I don't like that. That's not Nicolas Cage. This is ridiculous. How did he turn into action man? But this, where it's just like weird action or crazy horror or just whatever, like that I'm on board with. Okay, that's Nicolas Cage I can get on, I can jive with. Yeah. He has to be insane. If he's not insane in the movie, then it doesn't work. <laughs> right. They do pick movies that like embrace the Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I love that he's embraced it too, because like even in um, interviews with, uh, I think it was for Sony, I think it was for um, Ent- Into the Spider Verse, where they were like uh, talking about his his you know his noir Spider Man character, and they were like, "Oh, so you want full? You want me to go full Nicolas Cage?" <laughs> that's how he that's how he described it where how he was taking direction from them and he was like we want you to bring it up a notch he's like oh so you want you want full nicholas cage <laughs> it's like he's referring to himself in the third person now yep. i don't i don't know how i feel about that it's it's it makes sense because how do you you'd have to be a recluse and never get online to not know like yeah what going full Nicolas Cage is like to know, to not know how people view your stuff and your right. performances. But the fact that like, I, it's cool that he embraces it and he recognizes it as a thing. And he knows, cause that's the best way to explain it. It's like, Oh, you, full Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Okay. I wonder how he feels about that. He, he seems per- to be taking it in stride in that interview. I don't know. He did the performances. Like he did it himself. <laughs> so 
Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason Nicolas Cage is even still working, probably, is because he buys a bunch of weird, random crap all the time. That's and true. <clears throat> by the things that he's bought that I know about, I think that he's totally down with everything in his life because this seems it seems to fit his style. He does like weird over the top for no reason. I need to buy a, a, a dinosaur skull for fifty thousand dollars, you know. I'm sure there's movies that he passes on, but he does seem to pretty much just do anything. He'll be like, what was that movie? I'm sure this is a while back, and I I know this is probably at the height of his money troubles because yeah, no, he like that man's probably spent more money than some millionaires make in their lifetimes uh, on dinosaur skulls and castles and crazy elaborate comic book collections and and just weird stuff. Um, but he was in that like what was it Left Behind movie or whatever? Just like. Mm no oh, yeah. budget like kind of christian uh movie and it's like hey, yeah and it was like the remake of that too it wasn't right. even like the first go at it kirk cameron was in the first go and that a kirk cameron makes sense because he wants to save christmas but yeah. nicholas right. cage he just <laughs> needs to save himself yeah. from bankruptcy i guess yeah, right? that was such a weird that was such a weird thing i was like really nick cage in this i guess mm-hmm. because it's kind of post-apocalyptic in a way like religious apocalyptic i i think he was just he was still fresh off of like national treasure and he was like eh, that's that's not much worse <laughs> well yeah i mean once after you've lost all that disney money well yeah and even when he was getting big big like i mean he's still well he could maybe he chooses smaller movies now but when he was getting like leading roles and big kind of blockbusters he pumped them out. The dude just works. Yeah. Because, yeah, like National Treasure and however many sequels and that knowing movie and a whole bunch of movies like that at that time period where it's like kind of slightly supernatural thrillers, action thrillers, stuff like that. He's just kind of he works. A his, lot. his career is starting to take a, a similar arc to like character actors like Christopher Walken, oddly enough, you know. Right. Like we were, we were, we were making light of it. We were making fun, but at the same time, like Christopher Walken just takes movies. He doesn't, he's not, you know, he, he doesn't worry about it. Oh, you want me to be a crazy mouse hunter in mouse hunt? Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, I have, I have seen that too. I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, it, it also makes me think of someone else we talked about earlier in the episode, Samuel L. Jackson too, who uh, yep. will take damn near anything. You're right. Yeah, yeah no, they just, just wants to work. They work. Mm-hmm. They're just working. They are like character actors that have m- lead popularity, main, mm-hmm. main like huge movie star uh, notoriety, mm-hmm. but they take work like just a character actor, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that will lead to, uh, maybe it's already happened, Nicolas Cage basically... Maybe it is happening, just being Nicolas Cage. But the whole, like, you mentioned Christopher Walken or think of um, Robert De Niro or even, you know, where basically they get comedies where it's just like, it's a comedy starring Robert De Niro. That's the comedy. Be Robert De Niro. Do you think think Nicolas Cage eventually goes? Yeah, Robert De Niro being like this. And that's funny because he's Robert De Niro. and Robert De Niro would do that. 
like exactly. meet the parents and yeah yeah and analyze yeah. this it's like yeah. hey nicholas cage this is it's it's just like a baseline mainstream ratchet comedy but it's with nicholas cage i don't know i don't know i don't i feel like that's not really his style if he has a style and cage is like i don't know that like his his style is so all over the place it's not like de niro who who did like you know like de niro did a lot right. of that kind of almost gangster type of yeah. persona i guess nicholas maybe he's like that's my secret they're all comedies he, that's right. his, like, <laughs> he elevates everything he's in into a comedy <laughs> yes you know mandy uh, the weird psychedelic movie where like this uh religious cult kidnaps and murders his wife and uh it's kind of awful except it's got nicholas cage so it's amazing and <laughs> it's funny at times yeah yeah or even what was it mom and dad there's a movie called mom and dad that's pretty good that uh somebody on instagram forever ago said you got to do mom and dad and cooties it'd be the perfect double feature for gcu and i will someday but it's kind of a horror movie but it's basically like all the adults go crazy and try to kill the their children, children. and yeah. he plays the dad and so i don't know there's comedy there but it's also not strictly comedy and that kind of seems his thing it's like it's a horror movie or it's a thriller or it's a sci-fi martial arts movie but it's nicholas cage so it's also funny yeah right I don't know who else you put in that role, man. Like who who else do you make the linchpin for jujitsu? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now that it's Nicolas Cage, no one, no one else could possibly do it. Right. Like, I feel like that's good casting. I don't know this movie, but that feels like it would be you expect to see, I don't know who, but like just a very normal, very like subdued older guy, mm-hmm. like solemn type. In whatever this role is, he seems like the older he knows what's going on. He's going to get involved. He's like the Raiden. Like he's older. He knows what's mm-hmm. going on. He will get involved, but like he's not the main character. He's more of the exposition man. Right. Would otherwise be fairly forgettable. But the fact that then you cast Nicolas Cage in that role, the movie becomes <laughs> the Nicolas Cage right. martial arts movie. Well, I was going to say like 10 years ago and with a different title, I could see this being a Jackie Chan movie. But with this title, mm-hmm. it's got—it's gotta be. It's gotta be Nick Cage. At first, I was a little concerned. I was like, "Wait, what is this like?" Because you see Nicolas Cage, and then you see like some martial arts stuff happening, and there's some swords, and there's a very—it's not extremely anime, but a slightly anime-ish looking cyborg alien creature. I was like, "What is this?" And is it completely whitewashed? This as long feels- as he's not covered in teeth when he takes that helmet off. The look of it and the concept does not sound Western. It does not sound like an American property. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh-oh. But, I mean, it's, it seems like just a mix of people and a mix of ideas. So, fine. Yeah. Wait, what'd you say about it? I missed it. What'd you say about if he takes his helmet off? <laughs> as long as he's not covered in teeth. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. It does, it does look <laughs> kind of like, like the, an outfit from... Yeah, the Jodie Whittaker first episode... Uh... What's his name? I don't even know what his name the was. Big the big reoccurring villain from her first yep. season, Teeth yeah. Face Man. Yep. Yeah. It was useless. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, we don't need to talk about it. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. We should end this. We should end this. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, unless, did we have anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. 
Uh oh, you get to see behind the scenes. I should stop sharing the screen. I still have. Okay, so next week, Monster of the Week, puppets or dolls. Mm -hmm. I still have the Monster of the Week for Halloween week is Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's our placeholder. I feel like I feel like we might not even need news that week, given we just talked <laughs> right. how long about this jujitsu trailer that we really know nothing about. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That, <laughs> I think so. Melanie was always trying to get me on board with Nicolas Cage, and <laughs> I don't know how about trying. I like filled his computer with Nicolas Cage, so like everything right, that yeah. popped up was Nicolas Cage. She really like she installed. <laughs> I'm sure we've mentioned it on the show before, but yep. it's worth mentioning again. She installed a a <laughs> a Chrome plugin that replaced every picture online. <laughs> With a picture of Nicolas Cage. Every picture. I went to Facebook and it was just Nicolas Cage everywhere. And uh, at first I was like, I've been hacked. What is this? <laughs> and she's like, you know, laughing about it. Yeah. 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 It was. That's incredible. It was good. It was very memorable. So, you know, she's tried to, she's tried to get me to like Nicolas Cage in the past. Um, <laughs> but I think kind of, Talking about Nicolas Cage on the show has made me appreciate him more because it's like, okay, yes, there's always things to say about him. That's yeah. for, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, next week, Puppets and Dolls, and maybe Nicolas Cage after that. We'll see what happens. Um, anybody? Hey, Melanie. Yeah. Anything we should be amazed by? Um. Hey, Savannah, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Sorry we went late. Uh, take it easy, Melanie. Oh, Melanie, you have to get up early too. Yes, yeah, it's okay. You gotta Fine. get up before she does. Oh my god! I take a nap. Okay. Um. Take a nap. Um. It's you only need to be a, like maybe a little bit amazed because okay. it's uh what you, you should should be amazed about though is that um a team of physicists in New York uh discovered a material that conducts electricity with perfect efficiency at room temperature um so it's a super it's a uh yeah superconductor that works at room temperature well not it says room temperature but it's 59 degrees fahrenheit which i'm not comfortable in a room that's 59 degrees fahrenheit personally it's a little it's a little cold yeah but they got they got they got it to work but the thing is that it only works if it's squished between two diamonds to pressures that are 75% higher than those found at earth's core so it's not really practical i mean you know you're not just gonna have a bunch of diamonds smashing stuff around and not kind of be useless energy to i mean superconductors are great but this is the exchange is not worth it you know what i mean right but it it did prove that we can have superconductors we just got to figure out the right uh material yeah, so the point is they have ways to, like, it's conceivable to get it to run cooler, which is kind of... No, hotter. Or hotter. Yeah, to have perfect 100% efficiency at room temperature. Because, you know, electronics oh, all overheat and everything. I see what you're saying. So yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of the thing with... That seems to be the the ceiling they hit with a lot yeah. of electronics. Like, they can keep shrinking down, shrinking down, adding more whatever's capacitors, whatever, however it works. Yeah. But the issue always becomes like heat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I actually understood this one this week. Right. 
it would make a huge difference in anything electronic. So yeah, I'm down with that. You know, so we're you know, diamond pressure thing. Yeah, just maybe maybe it's easier than we think. Maybe they could just make like uh, an outer casing of diamond with oh. huge pressure that all of the superinductors are aligned with, like an insulator. Insulator, I mean, yeah. That sounds what like they use be... time crystals. <gasps> Either way, it sounds like it's going to be affordable. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> time crystal or diamond or diamond time crystal encasing. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not for style. It has to be that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we need seventy five percent of the pressure of their score at all points through the superconducting material. So you know, cheap. <laughs> you get at Walmart, right? I don't know if I'd want to buy the Walmart brand. Of- oh God! No. <laughs> All right, um, Jesse, do you have anything to say before we go? Um, uh, the one thing, the one thing. Uh, this weekend there is going to be a event uh, at Krypton Comics and um, EMC, EMC. Uh, what do you, what do you call them? Sister Brother Podcast Network uh affiliate podcast mm-hmm. network affiliate moose mm-hmm. moose's monster mash and uh bull spit with moose he's going to be involved um oh. tank zombie studios was going to maybe be there but because of the pandemic we've decided that we're not going to just because we have a lot of things that people would have to physically touch and and mm-hmm. we just right. you know it just doesn't seem safe for us but but go ahead and, and go support our uh, podcast brother in arms, Mr. Moose, who always listens to the show. Mm-hmm. He'll be at Krypton Comics from, I think it was noon to four-ish. He's, something something around he, there. Interesting. He's just, Well, I guess that makes sense because he normally he would do he would spend most of the summer doing convention stuff. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, he's, he, man, he's doing things. He's moving and shaking. That makes sense. Yeah. Or that, that sounds cool. But yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't know he was doing wear your that. mask if you're gonna come. Yeah, yep. you know, be responsible because we are in a pandemic. But that's you know, it's gonna be an outdoor event, so there should be plenty of space, and you should be able to be responsible. I mean, and I don't if, know if you. I, I'm sorry. What? I, I was just gonna say if you're if you're not like really hot, maybe wear gloves too if you're gonna be handling a lot of items. True. Just mm. you know. Good call. Don't touch your face and wash your hands. Yes. Stay away. That's all I got. People got cooties. Stay six feet away. They got mom and dad too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So thanks for listening, everybody. I I don't have anything to promote, I believe. So Uh, Halloween's coming. It's real close now. I mean, we're, we're in it. It's always, it's, it's all October. Mm -hmm. So go watch some horror stuff. Go find something with puppets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us about it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking for something short and easy, that would, Hi, that would work and you have shutter creep show the series on shutter if you watch episode one it's got a doll story that's actually i enjoyed quite a bit all right take it easy everybody have a good weekend bye goodbye bye. thank you for listening to grolix nights our special weekly live grolix podcast series if you've been enjoying this be sure to check out grolixpodcast.com slash live to find out where and when to listen to the next live episode. Currently, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook.com slash Podcast.
Also, if doppelgangers aren't real, and if they were, they definitely wouldn't be us. <laughs>